Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, as you might remember from your Bible history lessons, Israel often had these ups and downs of obedience and disobedience to the Lord. And we're at a pretty low point in Israel's history in our text this morning under King Ahab and his wife Jezebel. You know, at this point in time, there weren't a whole lot of prophets of the Lord left. There weren't even a lot of faithful followers, period, of the Lord left. You know, we hear in our text that King Ahab was causing trouble for Israel by abandoning the Lord's commands and following the Baals. You see, King Ahab had led the people of Israel astray. And earlier in chapter 18, he and Jezebel actually are having the prophets of the Lord put to death. The prophets of the Lord that did remain, they numbered about 100, and Obadiah, the man at the beginning of our text, the administrator of Ahab's palace, he took and hid these prophets in two caves, and he was feeding them and taking care of them so they'd be safe from Ahab. You know, this is why Elijah says that right now he's the only one of God's prophets left. He's the only one out here to stand against these 450 prophets of Baal that showed up on Mount Carmel. Now from what we can tell, it seems the followers of the Lord that did remain in Israel were wavering between their Baal worship and worshiping the Lord. And that was Elijah's mission today. You see, he was sent to recall the hearts of the people of Israel and with God's help return them to the Lord and the Lord alone. He gives them this simple and yet stern and strongly worded warning. He says, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. It really is quite simple. If the Lord is God, then follow him and cut all this other garbage out. Quit it. You can't divide yourself like that. It's all or nothing with the Lord. You can't have your foot in both camps. Either you worship the Lord as God or you don't. You can see the futility of the people trying to worship both the Lord and this Baal idol, this Baal worship. You know, later in the text, we see that uh, Elijah had to repair the altar of the Lord after he makes his challenge. You see, the zeal for the true God diminished to the point of this altar crumbling because it wasn't used. The people were wavering between these two opinions, but ultimately that wavering had ended with them straying farther and farther from the true God. This is like the prime, perfect example of what Jesus says in the Gospels when he says you can't serve two masters. You're going to hate one and you're going to love the other. And it's very clear which way Israel had decided. It's clear which of those God lands on in the hearts of his people this morning. You know, in Exodus chapter 20, when God's giving the law, when he gives the first commandment, he tells his people that he's a jealous God. He demands their complete faithfulness and obedience only to himself, none other. He says, I, don't worship any other God. 
goes to the first part of Elijah's warning. If the Lord is God, follow him. But again, either he is or he isn't. You can't have both. You either worship the Lord as God alone, or you're not worshiping God at all the way he is to be worshipped. You can't split your heart between your desires and waver between your desires and what God wants you to do and demands that you do. Even a little bit. Because when you do that, it's, it's natural, it's inevitable that something is going to get shoved aside. And God cannot get shoved aside in our hearts. But idolatry is tricky. Idolatry is not always so simple. And we fall into the same problem that Israel did, believe it or not, even today in the 21st century. How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow Him. But if Baal is God, follow Him. Israel is given that option to choose between the real God and the false God, Baal. But see, not all false gods are given names and openly worshipped as a deity as Baal was. Not today in the 21st century. There are a lot of things in this world pulling people's hearts, trying to get them onto their side, pulling for control of their hearts and desires, trying to get full attention, and again, ultimately putting God to the side. And you can take your pick, too. You see, you can choose almost anything and replace it for Baal in Elijah's charge to show what people idolize and prioritize over God. I mean, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if sports are God, follow those. How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if money is God, follow that. How long will you waver between two opinions? If popularity is God, if you're God, then follow that. I'm, you can fill in the blank with whatever you think your weaknesses are, and I'm sure that you have at least one. No one likes to sit here and admit their faults. No one likes to sit and tell their sinful nature that that they've been led astray by it. No one wants to sit here and admit their guilt before God and say that they're a terrible sinner deserving of hell. But if you think about it for a minute, I'm sure that you can think of a time or multiple times where you chose an event or a nap over Sunday morning worship. I'm sure that you can think of a time where you were more worried about public opinion and, and their view of you in their eyes instead of what God demands and commands us to do. I'm sure if you think for just a minute... You can think of a time where you were zealous for the Lord on the outside, but on the inside resented Him for taking up time and making your life hard and wanting to do other things instead. I'm not going to sit here and try to name off every time or every way that we've wavered. I know when my heart has wavered. I'm sure you know how your heart has wavered. But every time that we split our heart's desires and we put God to the side, another stone crumbles from the altar to the Lord in our hearts. Every time that we put God aside, we become more and more lukewarm 
toward God and our zeal for Him and our praise and worship for Him as the one true God. And we know what Revelation says about lukewarm. Jesus spits them out of His mouth, He says, those Christians who are lukewarm. Elijah was God's representative to call His people back from doing these very things, from wavering, from, from slowly pushing God aside and losing their zeal and their love and their faith in the one true God, the God of the covenant who had been protecting these people now so that eventually the promise of the Savior would be kept. So as Elijah makes this challenge to make it clear that the Lord is God and they need to return to Him. You know, he and the Baal prophets each get a bull and then uh, the God, or the quote-unquote God, if you're talking about Baal. The God is the one who would light the bull on fire on the altar. That's the one true God. That's the one the people all around were going to follow afterward, after it was made very clear who God is. Now look at the prophets of Baal. They spent the whole day shouting to Baal to answer them, to just listen to them, to light the sacrifice. After half a day, Elijah finally started making fun of him. He said, well, Baal must just be sleeping. you got to shout louder. Maybe he's busy. He's got other things to do. Now, obviously, that doesn't say much for him as a god at all, if, if he were to be a quote-unquote again god. But these people wanted to get his attention yet, so they shouted even louder, our text says. And they danced louder around the altar. They even cut themselves with swords and spears until their blood flowed, the text says, as was their custom even to get Baal's attention. But we hear that there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. Now, on the other hand, Elijah took his bull. He prepared it. He put the wood on the altar and he put the bull on the wood. And then, before he prayed, he had 12 jars of water, big jars of water, dumped on this altar till it was just flowing into this trench all around it. So you have standing water aside this soaked altar and wet wood. Elijah wanted to make it very clear that this was not some trick, that this was not going to be some sort of sleight of hand. This was going to be real when the people saw it. And so he soaks his altar in water. And he gives one prayer to the Lord who hears him, who answers. He doesn't sit and dance and shout and cut himself. He prays to the Lord, Lord, may these people see you as the one God and return to you. And the Lord delivers. The Lord delivers like none other. He displayed power that, that like I said, should have been impossible. I mean, nobody should be able to light an altar with wet wood and uh, with water in a trench around it being that wet. It's impossible, but not for the Lord. Fire comes down from the sky, and it not only lights the sacrifice on the altar, but we hear it burn up the bowl, the wood, and every bit of water around it. Even the stones and the soil were burned up with it. Literally everything on or around that altar was burned up. That's the fire that God sent down. That's the impossible that God just did to show who he really was. 
he paid attention and he responded so that there would be no question as to who the true God was. And these people, they couldn't deny it any longer. All the people of Israel who saw this now, they fell prostrate on the ground and they shouted the truth. The truth that they had forgotten. The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Obviously, there was no other. They finally saw that He deserved their praise. Him alone was worthy of praise. And that Baal was worth nothing in the end. They returned. Their hearts came back to God. It took the miracle to show the power that God has, to prove who He is, to show that there is no other God. And they returned. You know, if God were to send fiery infernos like that every single day, or perform miracles in our eyes every single day, it would be so much easier to love and serve Him only. It'd be so much easier to say, well, now that God's proved Himself to be the only God, the only one that I've ever seen be able to do that, sure, then I'll worship Him. But He doesn't. However, God still calls people to repentance. And He still shows a miracle, an even greater miracle than the fire we see in 1 Kings, to show how serious He is and to show that He is the one true God and that they should turn to Him. Turn to Him for help. God demonstrated His power by sending His Son, and not just His power, but His love by sending His Son to die on another altar, to die on the cross, and then three days later, to rise again. You know, Jesus shows us just why God is so serious about understanding Him to be the only true God, because only through Him, only by His grace, through His Son, Jesus Christ, are we saved. You know, God is not jealous because He's selfish. That's not what He means by jealous. God is not un, uh, does not want unwavering hearts because, he is, uh, uh, because He's insecure. God wants unwavering hearts because He wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. The truth. The way. Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. This is what God wants everyone to know. He wants them to believe what Jesus said in the gospel that we heard this morning because only through Jesus, only through the Son of the triune God, the Son of the Father who had sent this fire to Elijah, only through Him, the one who came down for your forgiveness, it's Him alone through Him that we see the Father and that we go and uh, one day to be with the Father. You know, God did what He did through Elijah so the people would return to Him, not as a vengeful God, but as loving God. The God of the covenant. The, the God who had given His people the promise that He would save them. The promise of the Savior. He wants that same thing for you. He wants undivided love, praise, and faith in Him because He loves you. He doesn't want you to perish. 
Jesus is proof of that. He wants your faith completely in him and none other because nowhere else can you find Jesus. Nowhere else is there a Savior who has taken away your sins and replaced your eternal death with eternal life. One who saves you from death, devil, and hell. That fire from 1 Kings, it was, it was a great miracle and it showed the people of Israel what they needed to see. Now you and I don't see that before us. It was only a one-time event in Israel's history. However, we look at another one-time event whose uh, effects are everlasting for God's people. That was one day in 1 Kings and those people returned. It was one time in history that Jesus died and rose. But it's forever that the gospel message will be preached to the world and to the ends of the earth until Jesus returns again. Every day, God calls us back to an unwavering faith in Jesus in that gospel so that to the, uh, the altar to the one and only saving God in our hearts might not crumble away to nothing or be destroyed, but be rebuilt every day as He rebuilds us with the power of His Holy Spirit so that we might serve Him only. The Lord, He is God. The Lord of faithful grace. Don't waver. If you find yourself wavering and losing zeal, go back to the Gospel and see why our zeal is there in the first place because of what He did for you. Don't forget the joy that brings, even when all the other things that bring us joy now are going to fade away, the joy that we have in Christ will last forever. Nothing else can save you. Jesus is the only way. The Father has provided the way, the truth, and the life for you and for me. The Lord is God. He and none other. He sent the Savior and there is no other Savior. He wants you to be in Him today, tomorrow, and for the rest of eternity. May God give us grace and may God give us the Holy Spirit to continue our lives faithfully in Him without wavering so that we may one day stand before Him and sing His praises eternally for being our loving, faithful, and saving God. Amen. And now the peace which transcends all understanding, keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. Amen.